welcome to the Suffolk Money Podcast. Of course, one of the great things about living in Suffolk is the enjoyment of its environment. And I know that something that uh, disappoints many people about Suffolk is going to a beautiful place, whether it's in the countryside or on the coast, only to find that it's ruined by litter. Today, we speak to someone who had that experience walking her dog on Felixstowe Beach and having watched David Attenborough's amazing Blue Planet series, decided that the time was right to put it straight. So we speak with Debbie Bartlett, the founder of Litter Free Felixstowe, and uh, we talk to her about why she really considered this to be such an important issue and how she's developed it over the years. Well, Litter Free Felixstowe is a properly constituted community group which basically brings everybody together, whether they're residents, visitors to the town, to ensure that we keep the town as litter free as possible. So first things first is in Felixstowe, which is a town dear to my heart, it's where I grew up, I think the world of Felixstowe, that's because you live there. Indeed, it is because I live there. Um, but if you go back to why and how we started, actually, um, it's a bit more kind of interesting about how it's about living by the sea, essentially. If you go back to early 2018, we were all kind of engrossed in David Attenborough's Blue Planet series, which was just, you know, absolutely brilliant, scary, fantastic, worrying, and all the rest of it. So Plastic Free Felix so kind of grew out of that. Um, and there, were, there was a lot about plastic at the time, and obviously particularly trying to stop plastic going into the oceans. And I was in, I've always been in um, ports and shipping all my life. So it's about, it's about Felixstowe being by the sea and thinking, right, what can we do to stop basically rubbish going into the sea? Um, and one sort of one morning I was walking the dog on the beach, as you do, um, and saw just how much marine litter was coming in on, onto the beach and just thought, you know, yes, it's great to do things like plastic swaps and all the rest of it and, you know, not using cling film and all of those things, but actually... For me, it was a call to call to action that we actually needed to do something positive rather than just kind of do nice stuff behind the scenes. We needed to get out there and we needed to clear our beaches. And then cutting a long story short, then, you know, kind of it occurred to me that, you know, it's not just about beaches because actually any litter that's dropped anywhere ends up in rivers, which flows into the sea. So it was about how can we as a, a sea, seaside community um, engage with as many people as possible because yeah one person can go litter picking which is great and fantastic and we all should do it but then you know the the difference you make when you get numbers so it was about how can we get the momentum going how can we get people so enthused that on a cold wet windy Sunday morning you know they go out with other people and they pick up as much as they can and just make a difference to their their small part of the world and if by leading by example, I mean, we, we tend to think of, uh, you know, a Felixstowe person yourself, you know, you tend to think of Felixstowe in two ways. One, it's a small seaside town, you know, lovely, lovely place for people to visit and have, you know, bucket and spade holidays type of thing. But in my world, in the shipping world, it's mighty Felixstowe, you know, it's a real, got a really big voice, you know, across the UK, across the world. Um, so, again, I felt that it was a question of, you know, if we could marry the two and get businesses involved as well we had a really kind of powerful kind of proposition for people to join and get involved with. And that's indeed what's happened. So we've got, I looked this morning, 1,140 members now. So wow. it's grown, it's grown. <laughs> <laughs> so that started with you walking the dog, seeing 
all sorts of flotsam and jetsam that had washed up on the shore. And you thought to yourself, well, I've just seen all that on TV because David Attenborough has been telling the world about this. Um, did you speak to one other person who then in turn spoke to somebody else? And that's how you've got 1,100 people. How, what, how did it progress from there? How did it progress from there? I spoke to David Attenborough on the phone, which was just a marvellous Did you really? I did. He'd actually well, you Yes, I phoned, uh, he, he phoned me sort of just to say, absolutely, what, what he wants people to do is not just be pressing likes on Facebook or whatever, he wants people to kind of get out and do something. So that's another, another interesting kind of moment. But no, in, going back to how it started, I had been on a couple of litter picks and literally had been sort of given, given a plastic bag and told to go off, you know, with perhaps some gloves on or whatever. And at the end thought, oh, you know, there's just not enough of us. This, this, you know, so I thought we've just got to get numbers out there. So... Um, back in November 2018, I did the first ever group litter pick, which, you know, how you worry about these things, you put it out on Facebook um, and say, hey, we're doing this, please come along and join us. And spoke to friends and family and said, right, come on, we need to all get down to, to Brackenbury and do this litter pick. People thought I was slightly crazy at the time. Um, and amazingly, I think 90 people turned up that day. And of course, they told other people that a, what we were doing was, you know, very good and, you know, making a difference and worthwhile. But it was also great fun because you met lots of other people who were caring about their town. They were either doing it because they, you know, they didn't like the look of litter in their town or they were doing it because they cared about the wildlife or a combination of the two. But they just cared. And to be amongst those sorts of people on a, you know, like a Sunday morning was just really uplifting and lovely. And it grew from there. Even at the very first one, we you know we put a gazebo up. We had tables there. We had sign-in sheets. We had risk assessments. We had signage to say what people should or shouldn't do. We actually at the time borrowed equipment because we had no funds or whatever at the time. So borrowed equipment from um, Melton in near Woodbridge, um, and very quickly realised that the one thing we needed to do was have our own equipment. Um, so it was a question then of sort of building up. How could we? How could we? get people to sponsor us to get some equipment going. Um, and then I think what was really useful, and again, I think from, from corporate world, people will understand this, what was really important was almost to build a brand. Sounds very corporate, but you know, to have a logo that was quite noticeable, to have high-vis jackets with that on the back, to have t-shirts, to have people wearing, you know, baseball caps, beanies, whatever. So that when they were out on their own, they still felt part of the group, which I think was kind of important to them um, and very important to us because as they were getting stopped by people saying, thank you, oh, what are you doing? You know, are you a member of the council? No, I'm not, I'm a volunteer. Oh, you're a volunteer. Yes, I belong to Lisa Free Felix. And again, that just seemed to sort of spiral out, which was lovely. I mean, it was just, you know, the response every time somebody goes out, you know, and gets a thank you, you know, you kind of get a new member joining, which is great. So when was that? When was your first event? That was November 2018, so we're coming up to our third anniversary. Goodness. So how's it been impacted by COVID? Because you, I, I assume the group activities were difficult to organise at various stages. They were. I mean, they were partly difficult in all of our lives. When they, they were partly difficult because it was about following the rules and making sure that we didn't do anything that was contrary to any rules. So immediately in March, we had a March litter pick um, planned and that was obviously cancelled because of the March lockdown. So I thought, I've got all this equipment now in my garage, standing idle. That's not going to be very helpful. So I literally put it at the end of my drive and said, come along and just, if you want to do litter picking, take it away 
and keep it because I don't want it back. I don't have all the pressures of um, sort of disinfecting it and all the rest of it. You know, you keep it for the length of lockdown, however long that would be. We didn't know back in March last year, did we? Um, and then as the year progressed and the rules sort of slightly changed, I still didn't feel at any stage last year or indeed halfway into this year that we should organise any group events, although as volunteers you actually can. Um, but I encourage people to go out and post to Facebook. So Facebook became almost our a link to the world. By posting pictures, it was still kind of announcing that we were still there and you know raising awareness or whatever. And bizarrely, we went from 450 at the start of 2020 to the 1,140 now. So <laughs> actually, very strangely, COVID um, kind of helped because I was talking to lots of people with children, particularly with children, you know, they were looking for things to do. And children are so engaged with this subject, you know, they really do want to take positive action. So for children to see other children litter picking, it's like, mum, can I go and do that? So we had lots and lots of families joining, appreciating nature, getting out into various beautiful areas across Felixstowe saying, well, if I'm doing a walk, I might as well have a litter pick. And of course, the kids just love it. As soon as they've got a grabber in the hand, that's, you know, it's almost like a, a hunt for them. They go and try and hunt bits of bits of litter which is just lovely and so we got so much kind of really great feedback from people saying you know this has really helped my lockdown because we get out as a family it's fresh air it's fun and those people now now we've just literally just started doing group list picks again so now they're coming and they're meeting other families doing the same thing and I think actually that's one of the ways that I came across uh, the work that you you did was just the social media aspect where people were saying almost daily, probably in the time when going out for a walk was about the only thing we could all do, um, but almost daily saying, you know, I walked from here to here and I found this and I did this and there was bags of that. And it just communicated to me that there were people that really cared about this and that, yeah, they weren't just going out to get their daily exercise. They were actually going to contribute something positive to the community. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that, you know, talking about COVID, which was, interesting is certainly during the first lockdown the place was spotless I mean you and I actually thought well we won't be needed come you know once lockdown's over we won't be needed because you know everywhere was so immaculate and then unfortunately it was almost, it's almost like a roller coaster as soon as lockdown first lockdown finished just the crowds you know just sheer numbers of people out who weren't able to go into restaurants who were then eating much more fast food who were therefore sitting on benches that they probably hadn't sat on, you know, and the, the rubbish that accumulated immediately after lockdown was the worst, was the kind of the lowest point, because that's when you just, you thought that we perhaps would have learned something during the first one, but actually it became worse from a, a planet point of view coming out of there. Um, but going forward then, I think that called everyone to arms again and thought, well, we're not going to let this happen. We, you know, we're going to look after the place where we live. Um, we're going to be attractive when when everywhere opens up again we, we need to be attractive to tourists so i think again more people join because they wanted to to kind of be really proud of felix Stowe and and what we we stand for really so one of the statistics i mean just dealing with the sea and what um that gives up because of course i'm sure it's not just things that have been deposited or thrown away in the last six to 12 months that you're finding um it's stuff that lasts there for years and years i assume Yes, I mean, very sad. And to be fair, I mean, it changes as a percentage of what we pick up. So I would say um, probably it's not as bad as it was three years ago. So what marine 
rubbish coming in is probably not as bad as it was three years ago. So I think there's a general feeling around the world, you know, literally, because where, where does this stuff come from? That's things, you know, people are more alert to it and things are slightly better, obviously not in every area of the world, but, but, but people are more aware. Um, I think we are seeing still a lot of historic rubbish coming through. So you will see, you know, Coke cans that are just mangled kind of rusty messes, you know, but you can still see the word Coke on the side or whatever, you know, and they can be sort of 20, 20 years old. We were getting huge numbers. I mean, going back, you know, if you remember those white plastic cups that everybody had in their offices with the drinking machines, mm. we were having, you know, literally hundreds of those. I don't see as many of those now. Um, still a lot of things like fishing wire, um, hard plastic. So a lot of kind of, you know, everything from a, literally an old bucket and spade to something that's, you know, that's coming from ashore from far away or whatever. So, you know, it, it's a variety of things. Um, but I actually find that the beach is less problematic, partly because our volunteers are out there almost daily, picking up as much as they can. Um, we just need to find those little areas around the town that have, particular issues one of which was the skate park two two months ago um which for whatever reason is very open areas lots of benches it's certainly not not the skateboarders and i don't think you know i think the skateboarders would say that the last thing they need in the skateboarding area is mm. flying flying around so we shouldn't blame them but clearly a lot of people go there maybe at night um drinking a lot of alcohol morrison's unfortunately is next door so there's a lot of stuff that can kind of be purchased and just left um, so we picked up the most litter we've ever picked up on a single group litter pick last last September. So, yeah, really, really kind of horrific. So it's it's finding places now that have that issue. And I think the other one that I probably would resonate with you is making sure it's all very well having the town of Felixstowe as clean as it possibly. And of course, there are still pockets, but as clean as it possibly can be. But I noticed particularly again coming out of the last lockdown. That the roads coming into Felixstowe, in and out of Felixstowe, were really bad along the along the laybys and the sides of the main, particularly the main roads. And as volunteers, we can't go and litter pick those, which is frustrating because I'd love to go and litter pick the A14, but we're not supposed to be doing that, so we don't um, because it's not safe. Um, so again, because of my background in shipping in and ports, I knew some of the hauliers and said, "Come on, we need to work together." So we started litter free roads and laybys, which has become a bit of a national campaign. Um, and other ports have joined in and, and hauliers have put signage, etc. in their depots across the country, which is just brilliant. So, again, we have to remember we are a small community interest group that hopefully will spark something. But we need people to work with us because otherwise, you know, nobody, no one person can do it on their own. No one group. It is a collective thing. We've got to be in it together. And that's the interesting thing about your story, because whilst it started as a doing thing, it seems to have spun into a slightly different area you're still doing the doing if that makes sense <laughs> but you're also doing quite a lot of educating as well yes I think it's really important not just and again no offense to any group who who just does litter picking but we've got to get to the source of the issue as well so education I would say was our very top um priority why? Because I always think, I mean, A, we need to engage and involve children who are already involved and engaged and they could bring adults along with them, which is always good as well. Um, but I always say a child that's litter picked will never litter. And that's what we need to get into the hearts and minds of children who, who you know, who were so into wildlife, you know, who really care, you know, we, we, a child recently found a, a bottle with a mouse that had got trapped inside and sadly died. And, you know, I mean, 
I was horrified and I thought it was hor but actually the child reacted into this is why we do it and it's like wow what a reaction actually the child more than me kind of didn't go that's horrible yes it's it's dreadful the child actually said I'm even more inspired to do it now so we need yes you're right absolutely right we need to get more into schools obviously that's been tricky during covid but i've been doing online um lessons with schools um, i did write two children's books which we use as the basis for um talking to particularly younger very young children we produced a litter free film professionally produced a litter free film that stars the children because i thought who better than you know other than david Attenborough? who better to talk to children than children themselves. So children actually standing in front of a camera saying, this is why we do it, you know, real passion. Um, and they were just brilliant in the way they responded. And it's absolutely right, you can hear a pin drop. If I show that to a classroom in Leeds, it's litter-free Felixstowe children starring in it, but you know, they're all, one, they're all as one when they watch that film. It's just brilliant to see. So on top of that, we've done things like poster campaigns where we've, um, we've invited people to design posters for adults and children that was really well received we actually had to do a exhibition of them um, at Hamilton MAS in the end because we had so many entries in we got those reproduced and put around the town we put stickers around the town and the next one really I suppose is the litter free award ceremony because I thought well you know it's all very well encouraging children let's celebrate them too so when they are absolutely exceptional and they're leading their peers can we not actually get them together and just give them an award because there are no environmental awards at all in Felixstowe at the moment. So involved East, Suff East Suffolk councillor involved. Um, the mayor of Felixstowe was one of the judges was here yesterday um, judging the um, entry, the nominations. Um, we've got Spotlight Magazine involved and Felixstowe Radio. So a nice group of people who are the judges. Um, and then we've got the award ceremony on the 24th of November at the Alex. Very good, very good. And again, that's, that's just a, a, an encouragement to people, isn't it, to participate? Yes. And again, it's good for, you know, all sorts of awareness, you know, we will make a real fuss of these children who've gone above and beyond and mostly encourage their peers, which again is, is really, really important that at school, they're going into the school and, you know, in assemblies, they're doing little assemblies about, you know, why they do what they do, um, which is just great. The, the funny thing is, it's not a new message, is it, of keeping streets and public spaces clean, but I guess we're just seeing it from a slightly different perspective now, and I think once upon a time, it was a bit fuddy-duddy of, you know, keep Britain tidy and that sort of thing. And probably as a teenager, I thought, ah, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter too much. But I think it, it's now being seen the damage that we're doing both to the rest of, uh, you know, wildlife within the world, but also the damage it's actually causing to mankind as well. Yes. And I think, yeah, and that's a really important thing. But I think if you go back to, I think, keep Britain tidy in the sort of late 70s, we're, we're particularly active with um, adverts on television and stuff and involving singers and stars you know in those adverts etc just again to raise public awareness um the difference in the late 70s to now is just we are eating food on the go that is huge amount of the problem and i'm not just talking you know obviously mcdonald's is you know everyone talks about mcdonald's and that's obviously one of the the big issues but you know everybody unfortunately they're not making the sandwiches in the morning they're picking it you know they're picking up the the plastic um, triangle with the sandwiches in they're sitting wherever because people are liking and enjoying open spaces a bit more and you know they're leaving it by the, you know they're tucking it under the bench or by the side of the bench so I think 
our world has changed. I mean, it's changed positively because we are all much more aware. If somebody had told me five years ago, I would be picking up other people's litter, I'd have thought they were completely mad. So it's become an acceptable and very nice thing to do and people, you know, enjoy doing it. But the sad thing is, is just we are an absolute throwaway society and we've just got to stop. You know, we've, you know, again, COVID has, has taught us all to wash our hands and be clean and all the rest of it. But the number of wet wipes that are left randomly, the number of masks we now pick up, the number of disposable gloves we now pick up, you know, as mankind, we seem to just be creating a new issue just as we kind of getting to a positive stage we create something else and and it's just, as you said it's just so simple to, this is the one thing that is simple for us all as just residents and individuals to solve is you know if we keep our own areas clean then the world starts to kind of spiral out being being clean and you know i i just don't understand why anybody with all the publicity that is going on wants to disrespect the planet, wants to go to a, you know, a beauty spot somewhere in the UK, you know, go up a mountain and have a picnic and just leave what they took there, leave it on the grass. It's just mind blowing. And, you know, when you think about and you listen to some of David Attenborough's speech, you know, speeches, you know, he, he himself goes from, you know, being really positive, come on mankind, we can, you know, get this solved to, what are we doing? What are we doing? So, yeah. So it's a bit of a roller coaster. And I guess for you, it probably becomes, I was going to say bordering on an obsession, because once you spot litter, you see it in the most bizarre places, I guess. I mean, you've obviously identified the, the road network, which, you know, probably most of us, we're focusing on, you know, <laughs> where we're going and the car in front. And that's absolutely right. But I guess as a passenger, you start to then see the rubbish at the side of the road and, and roads as you say are very dangerous places to collect litter from but it gets blown around and verges and bramble patches and so on are where these things gather. I'm really frustrating and again my you're right it becomes a bit of an obsession and I am a terrible car passenger now because I do keep in but also incredibly hard on myself because you just think oh, what, what, what can we be doing what should we be doing and that's why I started to engage with the hauliers um, not because it, they're the problem. And I think actually, you know, they have very responsible um, messaging out to their drivers, but actually none of them had incorporated anti-littering in their environmental policies. So we then created a litter-free pledge to get them signed up to. And then of course it again spirals out and you think, right, okay, could actually we have all businesses signed up to a litter-free pledge that actually it's in everybody's um, environmental policies that they're, in, they're talking to, you know, new starters, induct inductees, um, about you know we are zero tolerance so you will not litter in our car parks you know we've got hotels in Felixstowe where actually one of the you know one of the worst I won't mention the hotel but one of the worst areas is one of the hotel car parks and you just think you know these are these are businesses that actually just need to take pride in themselves which helps all of us so you're right I see litter and I immediately think what more can we be doing yeah, but you can only do so much, Debbie, and that's what, part of the difficulty, I guess, in what you're doing is that you've made such a huge impact, um, but it's one of those things that is endless, I guess, isn't it? And we just all need to accept our own responsibility in this. It is, yeah, obviously, it is endless, and I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 
I, to be really clear, you know, it's not about, literary freedom is not about one person. This is about a collective group and it's about yeah. a community coming together. And I think, again, over time, probably, you know, if you go back sort of 70s, you know, as time has progressed, we have slightly lost that sense of community because on a Sunday morning, people aren't gathering in church or whatever. Um, so just to gather, people like a gathering together. You know, people like feeling that they have something in common with their neighbours and people that they live with. And there is, I mean, to be fair as well, there is a real sense of community in Felixstowe and a real sense of pride. And, you know, you see the pictures on, on various social media, you know, people are always taking, you know, photographs of you know, beautiful areas of Felixstowe. So people love the area. So it's in some ways, it's an easy sell in terms of getting people involved. Would we like to kind of help other areas? Absolutely. I mean, I would love to, I mean, there are some really active areas across Suffolk, you know, who are doing a really fantastic job in, in terms of littering, but we need to, again, we need to be linked up, joined up, share ideas. It's all about ideas. How do we keep engaging with the public, with visitors, with business? Every new idea that works, we ought to be sharing with other litter picking groups or other litter, litter active groups. Um, just so that we just spread and it spirals out to being a movement rather than just a little group of individuals in one particular town. You know, why can't it be bigger than that? And we, at some point we need to get to national government because bless national government in a way, I don't often say those words, but bless national government. Um, you know, they've had a bit on their plate in the last two years, I guess. So littering is probably not particularly high. However, they are all at a climate conference at the moment. This is all linked to us caring for the environment the public will is that people do that the political will has to catch up with that public desire so at some point it may not be me it may be somebody just like me who just needs to sit with government and say enough's enough you know you don't get these issues in japan or korea or sweden why have we got these issues here it's not right Sorry, that was a bit yeah, and as you say, this is something that, you know, across the county as a whole, you know, Felix, so as I say, is particularly important to me, but um, there's lots of other places in the county which are, are, are great and I love going to because of the countryside or the the sea or, the, you know, the forests and that's where Suffolk is great because it has everything. But we find litter everywhere, don't we? And um, this is something that we've got to spread the message across this county, really. And it's everybody and it's just got to be everybody so i mean i had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with ipswich town football club to say you know i'm happen to be an ipswich town supporter and you know you turn up on a match day and you know the amount of litter around the stadium on a match day you know we shouldn't be we shouldn't be generating that you know that there has to be a solution to groups of people gathering and not depositing litter so Again, any again, it's about ideas. Any ideas that anybody has got, you know, bring them on because you know, as I say, we're not we're not solving it at the moment. We would love more, particularly business people coming up with some ideas that work, you know, perhaps in the corporate world, but can be you know can be used more widely with the public. The aspect of businesses is an important one, actually, both from the perspective. I mean, you've obviously incorporated some of that corporate thinking into these ideas that you're doing as a group and you know, having a colour scheme, having a brand. It's, it's very powerful, actually, because it's noticeable then when someone is walking along the prom or, or, or going through the grove and picking up things with that branding. As you say, it, it creates 
uh, a sense of community. Yes, it's also important then with the corporate hat on to think, you know, I've had many people saying to me things like, you know, shall we deposit all of our plastic rubbish back at the doorstep of one of the local supermarkets? And I've absolutely said no, because you, in my view, you will put off more people than you encourage if you start taking those sorts of actions. So we just try and do it as a business so that people want to be associated with us so that we do it properly and professionally. Um, and I do, you know, again, pre-COVID, I started to do corporate litter picks so that a single individual business would come along and have exactly the same experience. Um, perhaps do, everybody seems to want to do the beach when they do a corporate litter pick, but, um, which is fine and great. Um, but, you know, do it in the same kind of very professional way, you know, get them high vis up, get all the you know, equipment, get them signed in, get all the risk assessments with their you know, health, health and safety departments and just do it as if you were doing a corporate event. And again, that was really, really effective. Uh, we've had this conversation before. I'm uh, slightly obsessed by businesses helping communities. And um, my big example for that is the 19th century when clean water wasn't available to everybody. Business owners would often offer a water fountain. If you walk through Christchurch Park, there's a huge water fountain in the middle. And it was put there by business people so that the everyday person could have clean water. So I just think we all need our water fountain of understanding what we can do for our communities that will make their lives better. So what can businesses do? I think, and again, obviously I completely get that businesses have had many pressures over that, particularly over the last two years, um, but reach out in the way that you reached out. How lovely, and I think, you know, that I could count on literally one hand I try and knock on a lot of doors, um, but I could probably count on one hand the people who did what Kingsbury did, which was to actually say, what can we do? More businesses just asking that question. What can we do for the community? It doesn't have to, again, it doesn't have to be the, on the litter side of things, but what, you know, to, there are pockets of community groups who are all volunteers, I'm just a volunteer, who are, you know, working our socks off trying to do things correctly with, incredibly limited money trying to make it go as far as possible but trying to do it as professionally as possible and sometimes the two don't marry up but just for companies to say you know that's a great message not as I say not just to us but to to any community group that's a great message how can I get involved you know we've got a great PR team maybe um you know can they help at all can they help raise awareness could we do going back to litter free you know could we do a litter pick corporate little bit could we encourage our employees to come to one of your group ones actually that's just a bit of raising awareness you know we do things like we have a scavenger hunt you know inverted commas um for children on every group little bit we you know we like a scavenger hunt prize it can be a 10 pound voucher but for that child we'll remember that they won something you know for businesses just to say hey, I could do that. You know, as every um, scavenger hunt comes along, I'm thinking, right, I need to try and find someone. And nine times out of 10, I probably don't find someone to do that. So businesses with very, very small funds could make a massive difference, not just to our community group, but to other community groups. You know, a hundred pounds to a volunteer community group is just massive. And the community group would absolutely do something really positive with that. So on that subject, how are you funded? Where does your budget come from to provide materials for your group litter picks, for example? That's tough, I have to say. It is tough. Um, 
it's tough once you make the decision that you don't want to charge people for things, which is what we try not to do. If people are willing to get, in my view, if people are willing to give up their time, they shouldn't be being charged for Mr. Pickets mm. and T-shirts and the like because they're actually helping us. So it's about um, really a number of ways. We've had uh, one particular haul, Gold Star have, in, for instance, in the past, given us some, because they buy a lot of high-vis, so they've got good buying power. Um, King's Fleet, thank you very much for your donation. You know, that went a long way in getting lots of children's high-vis jackets. You know, how brilliant is that with the King's Fleet logo on was, was lovely, and you know, mess we're being used today. So those sorts of things are important. Um, we have a grant for, small grant for doing, for instance, the environmental awards with the council um, in November, but it's just tough to be honest. You know, we spend a lot of my own money just because it can't wait. We can't be waiting for funding in a way. If something needs doing and it needs a campaign starting, then we need to just be doing it. And we need to be very agile in the way that we kind of approach that. Um, so yeah, we could always do with more, but we don't need a lot more. Do you know what I mean? It's like a couple of hundred pounds every few months will keep us in litter pickers and new, new entrants, new members starting or whatever. I just don't want to start charging people for things. Now mm. that might be a wrong decision and there might be others on the committee who, who might say we should start thinking about doing that. But if we really want a sense of community, then we really need to be embracing people, not saying, oh, by the way, when you join, there's a high vis you've got to pay for. Anyway. Yeah, 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 absolutely. To go down that route. So, yeah, anything you know, any businesses can do kind of is really, really, really important. Because actually the key resource that you need is people's time. So if people are giving that, then actually it doesn't need a huge amount extra from a few businesses just contributing something. And they can be co-branded as you've very generously allowed because it gives people that opportunity of relating to something that is doing a good a good thing in the community but as i say it's not just not you know i think it's really important to say it's not just about money it's about the business's time as well if people can get you know people could you know again it's covid times but you know people Mm. can do stuff by zoom but you know to say can i ask you know can i please ask how can we get involved as you did i think that is such a lift to us to think a business has actually asked us what they can do. That's just great because it just means that a some of something in our awareness is working, and b you're not in the, you're not on your own doing it. You've actually got something quite powerful behind you. So one of the things that I've had as a bit of a pushback from other businesses is they've said, "Well, why, why are all these people out there doing this stuff? This is a council job." Councils ought to be clearing our streets, clearing our beaches, clearing our parks, clearing our woodlands. Um, why, why do we need volunteers to be doing that? Why do we need community groups? What's your response to that? Um, oh, how long have you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how long do you need, Debbie? That's fine. You carry on. I, mean, I think just on that, I think the other good thing about what we do is everything is very positive and the only negative comments we ever get is the council should be doing it or we should be getting people out of prisons to do it. Um, There's another one that I've had kind of thrown at me. I think the response is twofold. One is the council didn't drop the litter, nor did McDonald's actually drop the litter. You know, the public, human beings have dropped litter. It is not going to be picked up by councils. You know, the amount of historic litter we have, you know, you find things and literally find things with, 1D on them, which takes them back to pre-1971, I have found on Trimley Shores. You know, this isn't going to go away in our generation. We 
have to therefore get as many people as possible, forget new litter, forget awareness and education, we have to clear up what was already there. I mean, it's all gonna come in from the sea probably for again, how many years, I don't know. So the council, you know, there are limited resources. Again, that's a political you know, decision or whatever, but you know, if there are two or three people, for example, who do a fantastic job in Felixstowe, Norse do a brilliant, brilliant job in Felixstowe, but there's three or four of them. They're not going to be going under bushes in the grove. They're not going to be going into unblocked streams, clearing up litter that was dropped 20 years ago. We just need to get out there and sort it out together. And again, I keep using the word together, you know, being together and you've only got to be on a group litter pick together to realise that it's really uplifting to do it together, to not look over your shoulder and say, somebody else should be doing it. I went and did it myself. You know, I went into that stream with my wellies on and nearly fell over or whatever. But how satisfying afterwards to think we cleared that stream. You know, who knows what wildlife are now going to be positively impacted by the fact that stream is now flowing as opposed to being blocked by empty Coke cans or whatever. So I can you persuade somebody that thinks that the, it's the council's job? I suppose three years ago, I would have said no. But there are people on our group now who say to me, as I've just said, I never thought I'd be here on a Sunday morning clearing up somebody else's litter. And they've been converted and they've been converted because it's just a good thing to be doing. And interestingly, you referred earlier to this, this aspect of community and togetherness. And one of the other subjects that crops up quite a lot in these conversations when we're talking these community groups is isolation and loneliness and perhaps we don't always have those contacts that several years ago we would have done you know local pubs local churches the groups that perhaps we um once upon a time would be part of so i'm just going to big up what you're doing as it were in the sense of not only are you making a difference to the environment in cleaning not only are you making a difference to yourself personally in getting out getting some fresh air maybe in the wind and rain which is something we all have to be prepared for but you're also mixing with other people um yeah. with a common purpose absolutely and you know it's not an untrue statement to say that literally i've had particularly some of the elderly people who come on litter picks and less so now obviously since covid made me feel a little bit more um don't want to be in any groups or whatever but certainly early on you know lots of them were saying this is the first time i've got out this week this is the first time i've been mixing with people it's lovely for me I haven't talked to somebody and you just think gosh this is just even more than just doing what we're doing for the environment this is actually as you say giving back to people in the community who wouldn't otherwise get out and as I talk to you so my mind is worrying thinking we should be doing more of that so <laughs> don't we put it all on yourself Debbie <laughs> we've, already, we've already established that but today people could we reach who are you know, lonely or weak and actually could really you know, really help, you know, help them to be engaged with somebody again. We are also doing, just to mention, we're also working at the moment with Discoverability, who's a, a group um, that's set up in Felixstowe, who's very positive about any sort of disabilities that anybody may have. And we're, you know, we're trying to include, be very open and inclusive to them on Litterpix so that we, you know, make sure that there is a wheelchair access and make sure that there are buddies available if somebody needs, somebody's got limited sight or whatever. Again, make it open to everybody. So it's more than just, you know, more than just 
a particular group of people we want to be as diverse as possible as well so you know people of all ages people of all abilities all feel part of that one community that's doing something brilliant now where can people find out about what you do I, I've obviously referred to social media already which I find your Facebook stuff is amazing there's lots of content on there but what what else where else can people find out about again that's quite interesting we um facebook has been brilliant in terms of spiraling out creating literally a network of people who want to get involved i have a website that just hasn't been launched because it just needs more work on it um and again that's where you know is there a business somewhere there a business that could just help making that in the state whereby it can be launched you know, so that it looks professional and it will work really well. Those sorts of things, yes, we need we need the website out there for those that are not on Facebook because at the moment Facebook, we, we have Instagram and we have Twitter, which I don't use, but a fellow committee member has kindly agreed to do those. Um, but we need to, we certainly need the website to be up and running so that non-social media people can engage with us, very important. But we need a technical expert because it's a, it's in WordPress and it's at the state where it needs somebody to zoom in and go, I could do that for you. Yeah, that's all quite techy stuff, actually, isn't it? But if you get the right thing, it, it's amazing. Well, YouTube, do you have videos and so on? Uh, what about these the um, the children's, yes, the um, children's songs and the children's so on. film is on video. Um, the list of free film. Um, if you search particularly John Swallow, who's the um, local very talented individual who who put that together for us and we've just done the litter free song which is a rewording of the lyrics of i'd like to teach the world to sing um, which is 50 years old would you believe this year so it was 50 years of earth day last year so it just seemed to be the right song so we changed the lyrics to being litter free lyrics and that was sung by local children from colney's school and Felixstowe international college under the rule of 30 so we actually had 25 children but my aspiration is let's get everyone singing that let's get at some point the whole of Felixstowe kind of coming together when once we can get into big groups again let's get all the children schools singing it and let's all get together and and, and sing the same positive message that would be really good is that Brackenbury Cliffs yes cameras you know so that's just the right. same image as the hilltop and yeah. so on yeah very good that's being picked up in schools across the country as well, which I've had messages from this week from school, again, power of social media, school in Leeds, who said, you know, could you send us the lyrics? We'd like to get our school singing it. We've got a translation going on in German. We've got one coming in Korean. We've got two schools in Wales that are tra- currently translating it into Welsh to sing it. So again, let's just spread the message. Very good. That's amazing. All from you just going on a dog walk and, uh, <laughs> and spotting <laughs> spotting some stuff that needed to be resolved that's that's amazing debbie that's just been brilliant finding out about this incredible work that you and your team have been doing and how people children from felix Stowe and further afield are taking it to heart as well yes absolutely it's uh, none of it works unless everyone's doing it no well it's a great um difference you've made um you and everybody else so i i appreciate that but perhaps um there's someone who needs to be the catalyst to make it work and it seems like you're that person so yeah thanks for the great stuff that you've been doing well i thank you for your support well, and really really appreciate it it was great great having your support with the oh well there we go now it's great it's is important and uh thank you for the time that you've given us today lovely thank you
So thank you for listening to another episode of the Suffolk Money Podcast. I just want to thank my team, Kevin and Sally Birch, for all their hard work and for Joy Day in everything that she does to help us put this together as well. Thanks for listening. We trust that you will uh, continue to subscribe and ensure that you get the very latest editions as they are produced. Please also tell your friends. And if you have any interesting stories, then please do let us know. Go on our Facebook page, Suffolk Money, or contact us through our website, which is suffolkmoney.co.uk. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.